Welcome to Equippers Church, Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live at our city campus. For more information, check out equipperschurch.com. Thank you. Thank you for that uh, introduction. Is, um, that's uh, pretty hard to follow, but there's no pressure whatsoever. But um, we're glad we received the word. Thank you. And um, also, God's got great things in store here. And so, um, yeah, let's just pray. I just want to pray for what God is wanting to do in us first, and then we can sit. Thank you, Lord. We honor your presence. We acknowledge that you are here, and we welcome you. And Father, what you have to say, let it be so into each and every one of our lives, not just as individuals, but also corporately, Lord God, that we can continue to move forward, move together, into all that you have called and purposed for us, for this church, for your body in this city. And Lord God, that you may continue to work through your body to see the transformation of this city. But not only that, but out of this place, other areas of not just this nation but internationally Lord God shall be impacted by what you're doing in this very city Lord God and Father we I thank you that there are faithful men and women there are people here with a heart to follow and just serve you and it's not by coincidence that you raised them up here or you brought them here Lord God but because you're wanting to do something great in them in order to take out into a world that is crying out for you. Lord God, we thank you and we um, welcome all that you have to say to, to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. You may take a seat. Thank you. It's really sense the uh, presence of God in this place and what he's wanting to do. Also, thank you, uh, Pastor Desiree and Will, despite the fact he's not here, for the, for the opportunity, but also for the privilege to, um, to minister here. I don't take it lightly at all uh, that you would entrust your pulpit, you would entrust um, your people so that I may bring something. And uh, I have nothing to, to offer but Jesus. I have nothing to offer but what God is speaking to me and through me. Um, I know as many times I, I tend to say people don't want to come and hear me. People usually don't want to come and hear us. People want to be here because you're longing to hear what God has for you. You're wanting to, 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 to really um, connect with what God has for you. So on that note, um, I bring greetings from Tonga. Um, my beautiful wife and I are on a bit of a sabbatical and um, it's been two years overdue, but... <laughs> But things, you know, things happen along the way, and, um, and, and as things happen along the way, you just need to push it off, push it off. Um, but it's, it's great, and this is one of the places where, I don't know, it was just, yeah, let's just go, let's go to Dunedin and you know, see some friends and, and also just have a little bit of a break. Um, I thought it was going to be much colder, so, um, <laughs> but obviously we brought the warmth, we brought the warmth down, uh, down here. But I also want to thank you for continuing to partner with us in Tonga in what God is doing there. Uh, because we'll, you, you need to understand we're not doing our thing in Tonga, but we're doing what God is. You and us together as, as churches, as um, Equipus Church. And, and, we've been, and most of the time you stay here and, you don't, and you're not recipients of what God is doing in the body. We've had, we, we, over the last little while where we had um, a volcanic eruption, we've had major cyclones, um, but we also had a tsunami. And it wasn't, like I said, the, the Equipus Church came together. But there were other churches around the world that realized that Equipus has a foot, has actually had people on the ground. And those, so they said, okay, we will help. And so as, as a result, we were able to do far greater than what we could do on our own. 
And so as a, as a result is that, hey, we are ministering into our nation, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for giving. I want to thank you for your prayers. I want to thank you for your friendship, especially Pastor Will and Desiree, who sit on our, on our, trust, on our board and, and continues to give up and to, for us to be accountable to, but also to, to give insight and speak into what's happening in, um, in, 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 in Tonga. And so as that, I want to thank you, and I want to acknowledge the fact that you are all part of what God's doing in Tonga. You know, as you continue to support, as you continue to partner, as we continue to move forward in all that God's got us into, got us to do. Well, anyway, um, so it's also great, good to see some of the Tongans here. We've got Manasseh and Eloise. Uh, there's Grace over here. Yeah. <laughs> not, to, not to embarrass you in any way. And I think some, and then there's some that are wagging church. Yeah. <laughs> We better have a word with them after this. Eh? Give, them, give them a bit of a call or a text. But it's, it's great because one of the key things is that they're able to, to come into a place of where it's home. I mean, these, these people have been part of Equipus Church for, for a long time, but also came into faith through what God is doing through church. And Eloise, who's over in Tonga working at the school for a number of years, um, but then at the same time, um, oh, no, 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 I won't. Yeah, but I won't go there. <laughs> um, yeah, and so and so, and that I want to acknowledge those guys and thank you that, and, and but also thank you to you that you're they're able to come and just slot in and and just be part of the family again, and um, and that's cool. Anyway, I better I better start con- continue on, and so um, I just, I don't know, but maybe you've had dreams. You've had dreams in the, in, you currently have dreams or have dreams in the past, or even God has spoken words over your life. I've spoken words over your life and given you prophetic direction or even prophetic insight or promises. And, and there are times we get really excited when God gives us prophetic um, words or, or prophetic um, direction. We get excited and we get eager, eager to go. It's like when we were, God gave us a word to go to Tonga. We were eager to go. And then when we got there and I said, oh, man, we should have thought about it a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't have. <laughs> but, um, but sometimes there are things that delays us or stops us from actually grabbing hold of all that God has for us or what he's spoken into our lives. And, and for me, it's usually the fear of the unknown. The fear of the things that God, has, that God hasn't spoken about. And I can waste a lot of emotional energy, mental energy, and it can affect me physically because I'm more worried about what God hasn't said rather than what God has spoken into my life. You know? And, and so, and I was just thinking about this, and one of the things is that God is saying, come on, I want you to, and we usually hear, embrace the unknown. Yeah, embrace the unknown. But it seems to get us to focus on what we don't know rather than to focus on what we do know and what God has spoken into our lives and what he has promised to us. And I believe that people, there are people here where God has given you promises, given you a prophetic direction, given you a prophetic word. But it seems that you're stalled because you're still worried about about the unknown factors. But this morning I pray that you would embrace the known embrace the known what you know embrace that embrace what God has spoken because what God speaks into our life that is the known entity and for a lot of us maybe that's all we need to embrace at this time and so that we don't spend so much time and energy and that we delay what God has for us because we're waiting as oh but what what about this and what about that and because God hasn't spoken about those things why worry about that Let's just embrace what he's spoken to us. And so if we're to embrace the unknown, I, mean, I want to um, speak from a story that, a well-known story of the father of the faith, of the faith, Abraham. And so in Genesis chapter 12, as we, if we could just throw that up. In Genesis chapter 12, he's, he's asked by, his, his, God speaks to him about leaving so, so about leaving, God had said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. 
I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So here God gives Abraham a promise. He gives him a promise. He speaks into his life. And that's all he knows. That's all he knows. I mean, how often does God speak to us and give us direction? And that's all we know. You know, God spoke to us about going to Tonga. And that's all we knew. That we had worries. There were things that we were worried about. We were worried about the unknown factors that concerned us. Was What about income? What about the education of our children? You know, because they were all under five when we left. What about the opportunities for us and the opportunities for our children? That's the reason why we came to New Zealand in the, in the early 70s. We came here because it was... It had, better opportunities. And every Pacific Islander in this nation ends up here because it has better opportunities. And so why? And so all of these were unknown factors, but it is. But we heard the sense that God said, come on, I want you to leave. I want you to go. And he, and he even gave us a promise. Like here, he gave uh, Abraham a promise. He says, I'm giving you a nation and I'm giving you a generation. Because I'm calling you to raise a generation and reclaim a nation by equipping people for faith, through faith, for life, through faith in Jesus Christ. I said, that's what I'm calling you into, and that's my promise to you. And so with all this, with, with all this, we had this and ready to go. But we had a lot of baggage because we're going, oh, but what about our children? How are they going to? I didn't cry, but my wife cried. <laughs> because she's, she's. Feminine. I only cry, I only cried in, the, in in secret. No, I was just I only had a few tears. I remember I remember when I when we went back and then I had to book a ticket to come to come to New Zealand. I cried on the plane all the way here and all the way back because it was the first time I booked a return ticket, but it was not to New Zealand. It was to Tonga. And I sat there and I was looking out the window and I was crying. I said, God, is this is it? Um, it's a return ticket. It's not a return ticket to New Zealand, to Australia, or anywhere else. It's a return ticket to, to Tonga. You see, I, we could have focus, and you could focus on all the unknown factors. You could focus, but here I just really sense, God, come on, embrace the known. Embrace what God has spoken to you. Embrace the promise that he's given you. Don't worry about I'm not saying, it, it, but how can we say, no, no, in order for me to let go of the unknown, for me worrying about that, I'm just going to embrace and do all that I can with what I currently know. Pack my stuff up. I'm going to get out. I'm going to leave. I'm going to where God's got for me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pursue what God has for me. I'm going to step out and then otherwise, probably five, ten years and you're still in the same place. Because God has spoken to you. Or you're wandering around the desert because God has spoken to you. Instead of just packing everything. And it's also not an age thing. Abraham was 75 years old. It's not an age when God says, come on. And I believe there are people here that God has spoken to. Come on. It's time to go. And so in chapter, in verse 4 or 6 is, so Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, and all the wealth and his livestock and all the people he had taken into the household in Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived at Canaan, Abraham traveled through the land as far as, as uh, that place. Then he set up camp. No, I, was, I might, you know, I might say something that is. And then he set up camp before the Oak of Mori. At that time, the area was inhabited by the Canaanites. You know, it's an all or nothing. And I just really sense that, that some of us here are actually, we want to have a plan B. We've got plan Bs. And plan B is actually, actually is always pulling on us to not go. Or plan B is actually pulling on us. Whenever we step out, it actually pulls us back. 
because we got our plan Bs. But here I really sense that God is saying, come on, it's all or nothing. It's time, to, it's time to gather your things. It's time to get all of that that I have entrusted to you, that I have blessed you with, and you are going to go because I've already got a promise for you. And as you go, things are going to happen. And we've seen what the things that are going to happen, you know? And so there's an all or nothing. We left everything, which was not very much. <laughs> We left everything when we went. And as we went, we know we sold everything or gave everything away that we owned. I remember because we were sent over on a sabbatical. It was supposed to be a sabbatical for two months. <laughs> it was supposed to be. We are going to go on a sabbatical to Tonga, two months, you know. And we ended up, ended up there and really sensed what God is saying and consolidated in our hearts that this is, this is it. So we came back. Two weeks, packed everything, and we were out of here. I, now I look back, maybe I would have reconsidered. I would have thought about it, maybe give us the, to the rest of the year. This was in the middle of the year that, that, we, that we packed up and we went and, and nothing else. And so we, weren't really, we were just really excited about what God had in store for us. But the point is that God, when God speaks to us and when God draws us out and when God gives us direction, when God gives us the word, and when we embrace the knowing, it's an all or nothing. You know, the safest place to be is put hedge all of our bets into the one basket. Put your eggs into one basket. Don't spread out. You know, put it into God. Now, a lot of the time, we're giving advice to say, come on, uh, you've got to, you know, put a little bit in here and put a little bit in there. And there's a little piggy bank here. And what about this? And what about that? But here, when God speaks to us, I just really sense that some of us that's holding back, so God says, come on. Put it, all on, put it all on the line. Put it all into, into the sure thing, which is me, which is the knowing entity of because I'm the one that has spoken to you. See, and then we go on to verse 7. Saying, then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I will give you this land to your descendants. And Abraham built an altar there and dedicated to the Lord who had appeared to him. See, God sends us because there are those that will follow. He sends us beforehand because there's others that will follow us. He sends us beforehand because there's a generation that's going to follow us. And he sends us in order to go through. What we go through is because there's another generation. And for many of us, we, we tend to try and we make decisions based upon our children for the next generation. But I'm going to say, no, the best decision that you could make is go all out for God. What he's spoken to you, all or nothing, because you, he's sending you into that place because of, of the next generation, your children. That was one of the things that we had come to realize when we were in Tonga, when we go, well, what's going to happen to our children? There was a school that started, which Eloise was a major part of that. Also, grace over here was part of that. And at this point, I said, I wouldn't have not, I wouldn't, this is the best place for my children to be in that school. They went right through all the education there. The very thing that I was afraid of, apparently, when I'm obedient, when I'm stepping into the things of God, apparently when I, when, when I give it all, it's, it's, it's all in or nothing at all, God actually comes through with his promise. The very things that I was worried about, he sorted it out. See, we, we move locations because there are better opportunities. We move cities. We move and relocate our families because there are better opportunities, whatever it is. And rather than staying put or rather than going for where, where God has spoken into our life, because we think that it's better for our children, but realize, not realizing the best and safest place for your, for the next generation is in the midst of God's will. That's what, I, that's what we found. The greatest thing for us to raise our children was not in Tonga, not in, not in New Zealand, not in Nigeria, but in the midst of God's will. 
Because if we were ever going to be rich, if we're ever going to be, if we're ever going to make money, if we're ever going to be rich in resources, it's in the midst of God's will. Because wherever he's called us, whatever he's spoken into us, he will come to the party. He will fork the bill. He will do that because he will just say, hey, man, this is what I'm, this is what I'm doing. Because we all understand when we open the door, we have to keep the door open. You know, when we, have to, when we have to make opportunities for ourselves, we have to continue making opportunities for ourselves. But when God says, hey, this is it, leave. Leave the country. Leave where it is. Leave what it is that I'm, where you are. Leave because and go to the place that I show you. So I have not, I'm not going to open the doors. I'm not going to keep the, uh, the doors open. You see, in, in, in Tonga Reserve, we're a very small, we're a very small place. But People are always trying to be in the right circles. You know, they want to be in the right circles where the expat community are. They want to be, oh, they've got a little cocktail over here. I'll try and go there so I can make, so, so I could uh, network, network and make connections and all this stuff. And at first, and when we have a, we have a, so obviously we have a king and we have a nobility. And so, I better try and make connections with the nobility because they're the landowners. I better try and get all my, um, I better sort out all of my, um, my family tree to show them where we're connected. You know, and we do all of these things. This is us in Tonga. Maybe you do it here, but in a different way. You go, is anyone here try networking and stuff? You need to go there because that's where you network and what. Oh, anyway. And so we try all this, and these are things that are going through my mind. However, all of these, we have government ministers. At one stage, there was the prime minister. They were coming to us. Why? Because they had grandchildren. They were coming to the school. And here's the school, and then you see the uh, minister of foreign affairs still bringing her little... Her, her little adopted child, bring it to church, well, bring him to, to school. And here they are, and here I am, standing on the front of the, just standing on the front, hey, hello, hello, minister, how are you? And then she stands there, and she talks to me, and says, how's things? And, and I'm going, I'm not even looking for these things. And God is networking on my behalf. Catherine, who's an amazing principal, she runs a school. She's amazing. She gets into all of these places by invitation because of what's happening, what God is doing in the place, not because she's looking for it. Everyone wants to go to these, all these little places. If Catherine goes, oh, yeah, I've been invited to go to the, to the, to the Australian High Commissioner's Tea Party or whatever. I've been invited to go to the New Zealand High Commissioner's this, 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 that. And I've been invited because we've got And I go, wow, here we are. Just doing what we do. And God does what only he can do. And there are times where we have to say, I don't really want to go. I don't want to go. And I don't want to go. We'll get, get invited to this. Not because we go looking for it, but because we've just simply embraced the known. Embrace what God has spoken to us. See, God sends us before, before because there are others that he's going to be bringing through. Acts Community School, which is an amazing place, is a place of where we have just under 400 kids. And we get to minister to them from a Monday to a Friday. And many of them come into, come into faith with their families through this place, X Community School, a school that you and I are partnering and running. And there's a lot of what you give and partner with us that goes into that school because it's actually impacting a nation. What happens there? They're just simply normalizing Christianity because you've got the expat. We had, we got, you've got the expats that bring their children in and then their children go back and say, did you know that I am a princess or I am a prince? Well, whoever told you that? Because that's what, that's what Miss Eloise Oldfield tells me. 
know. Because that's what we, that's who we are. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. And then, and then you have, and then they, I don't know, someone may be sick at their, of their wherever they, at their home. And here's these little kids coming up and says, we're going to lay hands on you and pray because Jesus can heal you. And then they start praying. And for some families, that's become normal for them now. At first they snickered. At first they were, oh. But now, when, when, when someone said, come on, let's get around. Let's just pray. Let's just lay hands. And this is not just for those that, aren't, that are non-church. We've even got the ministers from other, from other denominations who send their kids there. They said, one of them, a pastor of one of the other denominations, man, I'm really challenged with my children. And I thought, because they're misbehaving. I'm really challenged. And he goes, no, I'm challenged with my faith. Because every time they come home, they're, they're actually saying things that which should be normal to me as a minister of, of, the, the minister of the church, the minister of God, should be normal for me. But it isn't. I rem- and he talks about, I remember when she first came and she, when my daughter first came home and she started to lay hands on me because when I was not well and I was, what are you doing? But then she explained because this is, Jesus can heal you. Normalizing Christianity, normalizing, we've seen, and even that we've seen healing, we've seen breakthroughs and victories we've seen the deployments of people from this place from the from this from the from this place that's been raising a generation and we've been even seen this place influencing society in Tonga it rains a lot and so when it rains and all the schools in have half a day because it's raining yeah I don't know why it's just they just have half a day and then if it rains, if it's really raining really, really hard at, at the beginning of the day, they, re, they don't send their kids to school. Or rather, there is no school. However, the minister of education gets wind of this little school that actually has school in the swamp. And when it rains or shine, there's always school. And so it's Broad, so a lot of our notifications get broad, is, is on the radio. So broadcast on radio, the first time, it rained really hard and said, no, there will, all the government schools, there will be school today. There's no half days. And the parents would get in the uproar because why? No, no, we, we're going to have school. They'll ring in, they'll Facebook in, whatever, messenger in. No, we've got school today because we've made a decree. We've got to have school regardless. How did he get wind of this? Because one of the parents who knew the prime minister said, how come you guys always have time off? Why do, why do your schools always have time off when it's, when it's raining to, when it's raining? We've got this little school that's actually in a swamp. They have school regardless. And for that, the, the minister of education makes a decree and says, Okay, then, we need to look closely into that. And as, as I said, it actually imp- it's impacting and influencing our society in a great way. When the cyclones come and all the schools take off so much, so much time off for school, we're the first ones to, to operate. Why? Because our heart is to serve the parents, our heart to serve the nation. Why? So we could, if we could provide, and I know it's hard for our staff because I say, I have, the staff goes, but we're going through the same thing. I, I believe if we can serve our nation, God can meet our needs. And so three or four days straight after the cyclone, we're back at school. And the parents are so happy because now they can, don't have to worry about the kids. They can worry about picking up their lives, sorting out their homes. Anyway, Genesis 12 verse 10. After that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan forcing Abraham to go down to Egypt where he lived as a foreigner. Now, sometimes when we go and where God has called us, we're gonna have, we will face a famine. We will face difficulties regardless if, oh God, but I'm, but I'm following, I'm, 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 being, I'm obeying what you've said to me. Why am I experiencing a famine? Why am I going through difficulty? 
And we sometimes ask these questions. But here, when we obey God and we launch out in all that he has for us, we will go through famines. And we will get to live in places where we don't necessarily want to live. You will find your place. You will find yourself in a place where you don't necessarily want to be. But just embrace the known. Just embrace the known. You don't know why you're there. But God said to go and you find yourself there. Sometimes we even make decisions that we are forced to make because of what we find ourselves in. But we've got to embrace the known. God told me, is this still on the way to where God's called me to, is calling me to come to? Because I'm still going to go there. Yes, there will be a famine. I'll find myself in a place where I don't want to be. But hey, I'm sure God's got it under control. No, we, we face famines of resource. We even face famines of even the presence. We don't feel the presence of God. We face famines of re, in relationships. We even face famines in times of where we're lacking vision. All of these things happen. I'm glad for these sabbatical times that we get to have. Because you can get to a place, and even for us here that are ministering, we face famines of lack of vision, where the vision just seems, oh man, I don't see anything. And we've got to make a decision to be in a place. But I don't want to move, I want to move forward, but maybe it's just time to sit at his feet and look to him again. For us, this, that's this time. Spend some time with, fam- with, with friends. Spend some, spend some time with family. Spend some time on our own. Sometimes for us that are wired in a way that we've got to keep going, we've got to keep going, we find that really hard. And so when we find our, these times of famine in our lives and we find ourselves in these places, I don't want to be here, I just want to keep going. No, no. Stay here. But even so that we could learn something from Abraham, even in his, and then in his humanity, he was a bit worried also about the unknown. And so he makes some decisions. Verse 11 to 13, as he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abraham said to his wife, Sarah, look, you are a very beautiful woman. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Let's kill him. Then we can have her. So please tell, so please tell him you are my sister. Then you will spare my life and treat me well because of the interest in you. You know, even in our weakness, we make some stupid decisions. And we lose sight of embrace. I know, we can't always embrace the knowing. We lose sight of the knowing, and we look at the unknown. It's, oh, I better try and sort this out myself. Yeah? Am I the only one that's like that? Yeah, yeah, okay. Cool. That's cool. It gives me... <laughs> um, and so, but even in our weakness, God is still committed to coming through because we've, yeah, I'm, I'm on the journey. I've sort of lost sight of what you've spoken to me, God, but I'm sort of, okay, that's cool. That's cool. I will use that to add to your life. I will use that to add to what it is that I've got in store for you. Because I'm the God that stands from that actually stands from the outside from outside of time and speaks into time. I'm the God that stands from the end and actually sees us coming towards our end. And even though in our weakness, God still comes through. Verse fourteen to sixteen, and sure enough, when Abraham arrived in Egypt, everyone noticed Sarah's beauty. When the palace officials saw her, they, they sang her praises to Pharaoh, their king, and, and Sarah was taken into his palace. Then Pharaoh gave Abraham many gifts because of her, sheep, goats, cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. Man, 
For her? No, Arnold, you can keep your, ma- your, your donkeys and your goats. Anyway, but what happens is that here, even in our weakness, God is so, still committed to this journey that we're on. Even in our weakness, because we're heading in this direction that we've decided that we're going to leave and we're going to go forward and, and obeying what he's spoken to us, even in our weakness, God still adds to our lives. He still adds to our lives. Jesus done so much, and, and I tell you, I've, we've, we've, had, we've gone had many weak moments in our journey, not just us individually, but even for us as a church, where we've tried to do the networking thing, and it didn't really work out, but God still did something in that. You know, God still added to us people. As a church, people have gone, people have come. There continues to be salvation on a weekly basis in the life of the church. On Sundays, at youth, at school. We've even acquired land. We've acquired land with nothing to our name. In Nukalofa, which is the main major center, we were quite four acres. And in different resources, because God has come through, and the channel has been through people like yourselves, where God has channeled things, resources, finances that has come through that. But also, God has raised up a generation in Tonga and where what He's called us to do that is actually funding the things that's happening in Tonga. People in Tonga ask, man, you guys are really lucky, man. I say, why? Because, because you're connected to New Zealand. I say, and? They must read, so are you on salary? Do they pay you from New Zealand? Do they do all these things that you do? I say, no, all of those things happen locally. All of these things are from people that actually give, that have actually caught hold of what God has done in their lives, and they give into the life of the church. Everything that you see here in Tonga, a majority, 99% of it is funded locally. And people are actually quite, whoa. And these are my other brothers and sisters in the Lord, in uh, the other denominations, and they go, because the thing here in Tonga is that if you, if you have a church in Tonga, you try and find a church overseas to connect to. And the connection, yeah, and the connection is not, is not so that you could, the connection is so that it, it could be, they could resource you. That's the mentality. But God says, no, no, I want you to go because I want you to raise a generation that's going to be to resource others. I want you to raise a generation that will resource what I wanted, that I'm that I'm they'll entrust and pour into to resource. And I believe that even from some of for, for, for you here, God is raising you up in order to resource his kingdom, to resource what's happening in the house, to resource what's happening elsewhere, resource other other initiatives that's happening in the city. And even though you had made, we have made some, in our weakness, we've made some decisions that are not really decisions that we should have made. But Jesus continues to do a lot, to do so much where he's added to us as a people, where he's added to you, to, to us as a church, where he's added to us as a nation. You've got to understand, Tonga is only just over 100,000 people. It's not a very big place. I don't know how many people you have in your city. Hey? You have more people in your city than we have in Tonga. I watch big games where they say, man, there's 100,000 people in this stadium. <laughs> and I go, that's all of our population, all in one place. But God has a call on Tonga, apostolically. It's interesting that a lot of Christianity was, missionaries were sent out from Tonga to Fiji. 
in Samoa, Papua New Guinea, Solomon Island. I think New Zealand was too cold. <laughs> so they just went up north and out that way, not down south. Otherwise, we're going to be in here too. No. But I really sense that God's got that for you. And even for us in Tonga, it's such a small nation. But God has spoken to us and said, you're going to resource other places. And it's not about your size. It's about you because you are going to be a people that are going to hear what I say and are going to step out in that. You're going to embrace the known entity, which is the word, the word of God, where I speak into you. And when you embrace that, you are going to fulfill and walk out and live out all that I have in store for you. But I believe that's the same thing that's happening. God is speaking to you as a church and as a city. It's not about, oh, we're not that big of a city. But God's called, has called you and has graced you with resource and graced you in order to be able to, to make wealth, in order to resource others. Not just resource your city, but resource others. And the greatest resourcing that you are going to do is not necessarily financial, not necessarily, but it's going to be people. It's going to be people. Our greatest export, Tonga, people say, what's your greatest export? Say, people. <laughs> we send them all around the world playing rugby. And then they send all the money back. Remittances in Tonga is still far higher than our grace. That, it's still far higher than any other, in anything else. And remittances is just when people send money back. So that is our greatest resource. And for, and for equippers and the need and your greatest resource is the people. And what, Because in each and every one of you as a church, God is, has placed in you the grace and the gift in order, in order to, to, to make wealth, in order, to, in order to, to, to be successful, in order to prosper. Because, because that's, that's the deal. It's not so much as, I, the greatest way that you guys, that people in New Zealand here resource us in Tonga is by sending people. And when someone like Pastor Will and Desiree, if they when they come, they come to Tonga, that's the greatest way you can resource us. Because what you deposit in us equips us to be, you know, to flourish. You can give us a million bucks. Say, well, she, you can. You still can. <laughs> you can give us a million bucks and we'll spend it just like that. It has not equipped us in any way. You could, you could have pastors and leaders that would come to I will I open the doors to come. Because when you come, you come and equip us to make not just a million bucks, but tens of millions of dollars. That is far greater than you just giving us this because it finishes there. However, still do it. And so, anyway. Genesis 20, verse 12, verse 20. Pharaoh ordered some of the men to escort them. And he sent Abraham out of the, out of the country along with his wife and all of his possessions. Regardless of what he's done out of his weakness, but, since, but simply because he's, he's left and he's continuing to follow after God, God continues to add to his life. Okay, even in your, even in your weakness and you make decisions that are not necessarily the decisions that you, have, that you should make, God still, adds, he's, he's, God still adds to your life. Because... He's going to deploy you from that place. He will send you from that place. And he's not going to send you empty-handed. He's going to send you with whatever it is, with blessing. He's going to send you with resource. He's going to send you because it's not about, it's about what you are going to, what he wants to accomplish through you into where he's calling you into. What has God placed on your heart? This morning? What has God placed in your heart? What has He spoken to you? What has He promised? This morning, is it an all or nothing attitude? Or we, do we still have planet B's? 
I still got a backup plan. And I'm not saying to be stupid, I'm just, I pray that you hear, hear my heart and I pray that I'm not saying, oh, well, I'm going to go and put all my money here, whatever it is. Say, come on, God is speaking to you right now. What is your plan B? What are you saying? Oh, if this doesn't work out what God's got for me, then I can always fall back on, him, on this. My encouragement for you, come on, throw or put all of your eggs into the one basket that is Jesus. Because he's the word. He's the one that... He's, he's the one that God, that the Father speaks to us and he gives us his word. And so if his word is within each and every one of us, hey, we've got, we've all to gain and nothing to lose. All to gain. Are you making decisions because of the next generation? Because you think it's for your next generation? You know, the best thing for you to do just obey what God has called you into. It's to follow that. That's the best thing you can do for the next generation. Because if you can go before them, and they will grow up in that sense, they see you. But there's also the grace they can stand on your shoulders. If you worry about, if you worry about the next generation, the best thing you can do is to obey God and to heed what he has to say. Here, could I just, we've come to a close. And you will face famines along the journey. Don't lose heart. Because don't lose heart in the famine. Yeah, you will find yourself in places where you don't want to be. And you will, may have to make some hard calls also. That's Okay. I believe that even if you make a call, but it's out of faith, and it's the wrong call, but it's out of faith, come on, I believe God still honors that. But if you know it's not out of faith, and no, make whatever the call has, whatever call that needs to be made. And if it means that you are going to find yourself in a place that you don't want to be, come on, God can still get it to you. What he wants to achieve in you, he can still get it to you. Don't think that you can't. Don't think that he's given up on you. And so for you and I, this morning, I pray that the known entity in our lives is what God has spoken to us. Not the unknown stuff. Don't worry about the unknown stuff. God's got that under control. And then when we embrace and pour all that we have into the known, we won't have time to worry about the unknown. I'm so glad that we have pushed out and I'm thinking, I mean, like um, Pastor Desiree was saying, oh, we've given up everything. And I said, no, I think we've gained a lot more. We've, gave, we've given up what we thought was good for us. But God has given us far more than we could ever have dreamed or even imagined. He's given us peace. He's given us a sense of, a, a sense of, of purpose. He's given us, and we look and we look at and coming here and seeing people that, like Lavender was just sharing the other day, shared to me and said, you know, God spoke to me through Psalm 23 and he goes, in the message translation, it says that God, give, God leads us to pools where we can drink from. Leads us to pools where we can drink from. And we were in Australia and we, we caught up with, with a lot of these young people, families that, we, that were part of the, of, of the church. And that were struggling at one stage. And when we met up with them and they're flourishing and they're in God and they're still pursuing God. And for that, for us, and she goes... Man, this is so refreshing. This is so refreshing to see that we can drink because God, in the midst of our famine, He provides pools and we look at all these pockets of what God is doing. So, man, thank you, God, that we can drink from these places. We can be encouraged from these places. We can be, we can be refreshed from these, from these places. And you, and, you, and you bring it into our world in terms of lives. But that's when we embrace the knowing. 
just embrace the moment. This morning, maybe this is resounding with you where you're at. I want to give you an opportunity just to respond. Just to respond to that. Because it's not just us just hearing a word and oh, but I believe God is speaking to people's lives right now. Speaking to your situation. Speaking to your circumstance. Speaking to your stage of life. Speaking to where you find, you're finding yourself. Speaking to your state of mind and into your, into your emotions. I believe God's speaking to you right now. Ray, God's not finished with you yet. And I believe that even the message this morning is speaking into you where God is calling you out again. God is calling you out and God is just simply saying, I'm not done. You're not done. It's part of the journey. I'm pleased with your steps of obedience, with your steps of faith. I'm pleased with that. This is just part of the journey. And it seems like that you're sitting, that you, you, you there's a famine. But right now, God's just saying, no, don't be discouraged. Don't lose, don't lose heart. Don't lose sight of what I've spoken to you. Just continue to embrace that. Pour all of your heart, your life, your resource into what I've spoken to you. Because I'm, gonna, I'm getting stuff to you regardless. You're not sitting. Because that's the tendency that we get. We just sit. We lose heart, get a bit discouraged. But right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak that over your lives. It's right now. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.